Hello and welcome to Immigrant Journeys. My name is Hamza Janaid and this is the show which shares the beautiful tales of people from around the world. I want you to look around you for a moment. Who do you see? Hopefully no one, because it's COVID-19. But I want you to think back to that time when you were on the underground or walking through a crowd of people. I want you to consider those faces and think, where have they been? Where have they come from? because the chances are that they're close to a story more grand than you could imagine. This is episode 10. Wow, we've had 10. And I'm talking to Hussam. Cool. All right, we're recording. We're recording. Oh, Sam, welcome to Immigrant Journeys. How are you today? Thank you for having me, Hamza Janaid. <laughs> I know you're a professional, friend. so I'm going to try and, you know, be, <laughs> put my professional voice on and try and make it happen. Um, no, might, no, I, no. might I say that you are looking majestic in this uh, quarantine you. light. Thank you. you. Can I just a sh- a shout out to my barber? Because, because <laughs> I, ha- I have taken that man for granted for years. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I attempted to cut my own hair and then I failed miserably. And so I just shaved my head. It, that does, was my it does look sick, I have to say. I really like this look on you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beard think, is looking majestic. The head shape is, the, the head shape is, is, is okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I can thank my jeans for something. Seriously. <laughs> this, okay, shout out to your barber, whatever. You should always shout out the people that you hold dearest. However, head, head shape is looking good. Show me the back. Hang on. Yeah, man. The back Do a little is, bit of yeah, me. Uh, although, mate. although I am balding, so um, yeah, yeah, me, Nate, uh, you and me both. You've got a nice head, though. Again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look ill. My mum's <laughs> gonna beat me. I already, <laughs> she's gonna beat me so bad when I go. You know, when uh, I started balding, this is a, this is a yeah. super Pakistani thing, and I don't know if you have yeah. this in in Iraqi culture as well. But your mum oiling your hair is like a big thing in Pakistani ah, and Indian culture. You don't okay. have that. So my mum, once a month, when I when I lived with her, she'd be like, "Come yeah. downstairs." She'd warm up some olive oil. Mad. <laughs> warm up some olive oil yeah. in a bowl. Yeah. I would sit. She would sit on like the sofa. She, I'd like sit in like in between her legs, like on the floor. And then she would like massage oil into my scalp. Oil. That's mad. And when you know she realized I mean? that I was going yeah. bald, she told me off. Mad. I can't help mad. it. I'm <laughs> going bald. <laughs> she told me off. She shouted. She shouted. She shouted at me so much, so much hair fell out from the stress. That's, I, I, I believe that, man. I believe that that is, uh, yeah. But I think that it should work. It should work, the oiling, oiling your no, head. So, uh, mate, I've done so much research into this. Okay. Yeah. Let me give you, okay. Men out there, do you yeah. want to know the thing that's going to help your hair grow back thick, thick and it's going to stimulate your hair grow? What's that? What we don't realize, fam, is that men have got dandruff. Dandruff. You know what the best thing for dandruff? What's that? Get, get like a light shampoo, okay? Nothing, yeah. nothing too fancy. Yeah. What you need is tea tree oil. Oh, yes. But, but oh, yes. As much as you use for your hair, tea tree oil, three to five drops. Massage that into your scalp. Leave it in there for 10 minutes. Wash your body. Cleanse your body. Then wash it out. After two washes, you will not have an itchy scalp. I say this Man. from someone who has been using that it for three. I've used it three times now, okay? Yeah. For 27 years, I was struggling with an itchy scalp. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cured. I cured myself. I'm no, so... Tea tree oil is, is godsend. Trust me. And I know it looks like I'm rocking like a, a fro now. 
Yeah. It's mad from the back. Don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. But it's, um, it really does work. It really does work. Anyway, anyway, enough about <laughs> hair. Enough good, about good hair. Yeah. Enough about hair. Hussam, I wanted to, uh, you know, welcome you to the show. Um, tell you. us where you are in the world right now. I'm currently in Northwest London, um, uh, in, in a place, in an office actually, uh, which I'm, Lucky enough during the quarantine to have access to because everyone else has vacated the premises. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm trying, trying to be productive by going from my home to my office mm-hmm. as much as possible. Um, and although my my money and income and <laughs> job <laughs> job prospects is yeah. is a bit is a bit uh, yeah. dire at the moment. How are you finding but, it? So so tell us what you do. So I am a a photographer and cinematographer uh, based in London that basically encompasses video and photography on the most part, work with commercial clients and I... Say some clients, just start start flexing now. Oh, no, I don't like flexing, man. We call it the flex five minutes, just flex. Okay, I'm going to say, I'm going to do it for you. This guy, okay, this guy has worked on like Mazda. This guy has worked on, I'm just going to make some brands up now. This guy has worked on Bulgari. This guy has worked for <laughs> Jumeirah Beach Hotels. <laughs> this guy worked for Burj Al Arab. This oh, guy dead. works for Qatar Gas. No, okay, I'm joking. But seriously, he did make a, no, a, a humble... Make some, go on, do yeah. some, tell us your clients. Come on. Yeah, just some commercial clients, you know, uh, Mazda, Reebok, uh, Beast by Dr. Dre. Uh, just just a small list of, of industry clients. And, and I, I say, and I try and be humble because it doesn't mean anything to me and people in the industry any longer mm. to be able to work with them because in the digital world it's quite easy i say easy maybe that's just a perspective thing but it's mm-hmm. relatively uh reachable to be able to work with these big names mm. because you can access their their social teams their digital team where we we somewhat are still in the mindset that working with a big name means doing a billboard campaign Mm-hmm. And so um, the reason why I try and remain humble is because for me, the end goal is to be able to do uh, bigger campaigns and to be doing global campaigns. And I think that's, that's at the point where I will no longer be humble and I'll be blowing my own home. My God. So, um, so yeah, so I'm still, I'm still on the pursuit. I'm, I'm very happy with, with where I've got to in my, my very short career mm-hmm. and the, the people and the opportunities I've had. Yeah. Uh, but there's still a long way to go. Well, Give me, so when you say global and you say bigger, what's the yeah. ideal? What's the ideal brand? What's the ideal scale? Oh, ideal brand. I don't think there is an ideal brand. You know, someone asked me this question a while ago and I don't think it's about the brand. I think it's about story that I can tell. Hey, you smashed it. You so, sm- that answer, you smashed it. <laughs> you smashed it because I knew you were going to say something like that. I was going to say, you know, would it be something about a personal project that fuels a, a sense of storytelling versus a commercial client, like let's say, let's say Knight comes to you and say, we're going to give you 20 million to smash it out. Obviously you take the 20 million, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it doesn't mean it'll be the ideal project. And I think that's yeah. where it, that's where it lies for me. Because I, I, I do fine art, fine art photography as personal work as well. Um, and being an immigrant, I, I don't have the privilege and the opportunity to work on my fine art work full time. And so the way I've learned in in my life to be able to juggle my career with my personal passion is to use commercial work to make the money and get my name out there and 
do the fine art work and mm. hopefully they feed into each other, basically. Yeah. I feel like I need to give you a personal apology in the fact that anytime you've had a show, I haven't been able to come because <laughs> I've either been, <laughs> I've either cool. been out of the country. Yeah, which is I've a valid excuse. Been, Very valid. I've either moved country and I just yes. feel so bad because I always, I'm just, I'm just going to say it like it is, okay? This is, this is on the record now. Go on. I have looked at your career from afar for so long thinking, I hope he smashes it. And at every oh, hurdle, you've man. smashed it. No, no, seriously, I'm not just saying it. it. You have smashed it. And I think we were, we were talking about this right before we started recording. Yeah. You're someone who is led, in, in my eyes, by the heart. So let me take you back to 10 years ago. 10 years. Oh, 10 years ago. 10 okay. Years. So, so Hussam rolls up. <clears throat> I went to this school in North London for seven years. So I did my GCSEs there. So at age 12 to age 16. And then I did my A-levels there as well. Okay. So this is high school. And this guy rolls up wearing, I think he was wearing Nike TNs or he was wearing Jordans. I can't remember which ones. It was, you know what? It was Jordans. It was Jordans. It was Jordans. Before the hype, this guy was wearing Jordans. I remember. (laughs) I remember. And he, he was wearing, you're wearing a black, you're wearing a black woolly hat. So with that, and I remember thinking, I'm just going to be real. I'm going to be real. I was like, how the hell did this guy make it to this school? I remember, this. <laughs> I remember thinking, how the hell? Then he opened his mouth and he shared his opinions on different things. And I thought, oh my God, he's smarter than everyone here. And I <laughs> judged a book by its cover. And I I'm thought, dead. oh my God. Turns out, Hussam went to one of the best boys' school in the country. <laughs> and I, was, I was just sat there thinking, I was sick. I had no reason to think I was sick, by the way. I got terrible grades throughout school. So I was, yeah. just, I was just one of those kids who just judged books by their cover. Yeah. But there was one thing that always, always grabbed me. And I, something I wish that I did more of um, uh, when I was younger. And, you know, we, were, we both studied film and media for our mm-hmm. A-levels. And I studied them by accident. But yeah. the accident almost turned out to be something that I really... Um, fell in love with yeah 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 and it was you me and edwin yes in that class right yes both of you have pursued careers in the arts and are doing something creative so i don't know if you know but edwin he goes he goes to rada in the uk yes i i bumped into him a few years ago yeah yeah so he's he's like writing scripts go like trying to become a director now like really doing his thing from time to time, like his humor hasn't changed from time to time. He'll send me his stuff. Like yesterday he sent me some stuff and it was crazy. But so there was, so there was Edwin who was procrastinating, always had a bit of like a daydreamer thing. Yeah. You were always obsessed with photography. Any excuse to take a picture or talk about photography or talk about the specifics of cameras. You were just, I remember thinking this guy, this guy loves photography. He's obviously going to become a photographer. And I found it bizarre. I think we both did this. This is because we're, you know, we're immigrants at our core and our parents had instilled this thing. We yeah. both ended up doing like business degrees. I know, I know, I know, I know. What the I hell mean, is wrong I, with us? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, tr- I tried to see the logic in what I was doing and in hindsight failed somewhat. But, but, but I say that, but honestly, the path I took was I'm so blessed to, to have had that immigrant survival mentality push me in a direction that 
ultimately, I reckon I would have made a mistake had I studied photography, which is what mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and as immigrants, our parents have so immigrant survival mentality, which is 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 inevitable to be pushed on us. And I get why it's there, and I understand the value of it. And I think it does have some value for us. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, but that is just the way it is. And I think and I think we still we've both done done well because because some people they would have done a business degree and then ended up uh, just doing uh, an accounting. Mm-hmm. like in a, in a normal company without any any direction for what they want in their career and that kind of thing and I think you definitely have um, worked on worked in some really really prestigious companies that I believe you you've got a passion for that kind of stuff um, even the fact that you were in film studies you were one of the people I remember in media and film and there was a few people there was, I was a, it was a decent classroom but I, I only remember the people that actually were involved in that kind of thing you are one of those people so I know you've got a creative flair and I think you've been doing very well in your career up to now. Thanks, buddy. I wish my yeah, dad man. would have said that to me a few years ago. Maybe I'd be a <laughs> <laughs> Um No, I think, uh, I think <clears throat> the reason I mention that is because you really have built um, a life for yourself around the passion points that you have. And I, you know, there's one, the, the key word that you used, which was survival, which I haven't really yes. thought about a lot, but I think, this is honesty time again. You know, it's like when I meet people and their lives have been just like been laid out for them and they know exactly what they need to do and their worries to me just seem so... Minuscule. Just like superficial. Yes, superficial. Like they, yeah. They'll complain about things like, oh yeah, but the carpet was a bit off or like, yeah. oh, it wasn't the right curtains that I wanted or it wasn't... And I just think, oh my God, there are so many other things that you should be worrying about than this stuff. Mm. And sometimes yeah. I wonder which which of those do I need to be? Do I need to be the the person who is so practical because of the way I was raised? Yeah. Or do I need to be the sort of person that actually is more critical of the things that I want? Yes. This is. What do you think about that? I've got I've got a very interesting idea about this whole perspective, and I think it it gets very deep, and I don't want to get too deep because I think I'll lose a few people. But get deep. I have I have a a, a lifetime mentality that I built over the last few years about this kind of thing and it's I believe everyone has a mental level level playing field um, and when it comes to people even down to spirituality people's understanding the way people act um, I've I've learned I've learned to hold one thing to myself and that's um, people are born on different levels and they experience different things. And based on that, they will have different expectations, different wants, different needs, different uh, livelihoods. And I've learned to understand that I shouldn't really try and compare because, uh, because I have my playing field, they have their playing field. And although within that we're the same, they're very different. So even that sometimes when I, when I used to have very uh, moral dilemmas in my head based on, why are kids poor or why do some people not have the privileges that I have? Um, and maybe it's a thing of growing, growing up in London, um, coming from an immigrant background, but I will also look at the people who, you know, maybe have the privilege and the opportunity to do some amazing things that I, I wasn't able to, to, to get at a very young age. Like what's crazy, what's crazy about the whole photography thing is 
at the age of 21, I sat down with um, a very, uh, no, he probably doesn't even remember this conversation, but I sat down with a director who I really looked up to and I still look up to. He's very good in the industry. His name's Aaron Christian. He's, a, he's an Asian director. Um, and I remember he saying, said, Man, he's, got, he's got a brother. Uh, he's got a brother, right? And Ruben. Then, yeah, I, yes, yes, I know who this person is. Yeah, exactly. So at, tw- so at 21, I, I sat down with Aaron. I just tried to, to seek out some help and advice and stuff. And he was like, I was like to him, man, I think I'm, I'm a bit late for the game. He was like, what? You're 21. Like, I'm, I'm 29 and I'm just about like getting my foot in the industry. You're 21. And I was like, yeah, but there's kids who are like 16, 17 that are killing it right now. And he's like, bro, your, your, your perspective is, is way off. <laughs> and it's so true. And it's like, it's so easy to get into that mindset of, and I think so Instagram has been the most beautiful and the worst thing in the world for people because it's created this, this, this looking glass at the world that everything is achievable and you can get whatever you want. And it's very good to, to have that perspective of, of a drive to, to achieve something, but it's also very detrimental to kind of uh, beat yourself down at every point because you're like, oh, well, this person's got this opportunity, this person's got that opportunity. So to sum up this very, I'm, I, 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 rum, um, I babble a lot, but to no, no, say this is, that- This is gold. Yeah, to say that, Basically, we, we shouldn't, we should look at other people and appreciate what they've got and try and see how they got to where they got to. But you need to understand that you may not be on that playing field. You may not be born into, and sometimes it's very, it's not very obvious that you weren't born in a type of way where you weren't, you don't have the privilege that someone else might have. Yeah. Um, so don't, like, you, you should, you should, where you are at, you should be trying to achieve the best you can. But, don't get lost in the idea that you need to achieve what that person achieved. So on a practical level, I, I struggle with this a lot. Okay. Yeah. I have, I have a very, I have one of those brains where I try and dig beneath the surface and I analyze people very quickly. And I, I tend to, I tend to look at where they are, where they've been. I try and figure, I try and piece together a narrative because it helps me. Yeah. Because I want to know people. I want to understand what they're about, but like, I'm sure this is not an uncommon trait, but how do you, on a, on a practical level, how do you avoid, because comparison is a part of human nature, but I think yeah. for me, and, I'm, and I'm, it's my show, so I can say what I want. I feel like it's a common trait among, amongst people who grow up in immigrant backgrounds. You know, it's the, the common saying of, oh, when so-and-so's son is becoming a doctor or so-and-so's daughter is, you know, she's getting married now or so-and-so's yeah. daughter, she got a promotion and she's going to buy a house. Like, there is that, there is that sense of that. Right. And so, yeah. How do you avoid it? Because the thing is, is I'll I'll be honest with you. The comparison thing for me is almost sucking the joy out of all of my other successes. hundred percent. So how am I, so what do I do? Give me the advice. But first of all, (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm not great with it myself. I, I, I suffer from it quite badly. Um, and I, I've only learned ways to cope because because like you, you gave me an introduction, which, which should make me feel like I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. But it, my, the first thing to come to mind is, oh, no, 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 I'm a fraud. Like I don't, I, I haven't achieved what that guy's achieved or what this person achieved. So I suffer from it myself. But the only thing I can give in terms of a perspective is how I try and cope with it. Right. And my previous exhibition, which you can see a photo right there in the background. Amazing. Um, 
was was the perfect thing that literally is like my my a brain wave switched for me because I used to suffer it quite badly, right? And then this is this is such a mad thing is I spoke to someone about five years ago, right? And I went with them past I was walking past a gallery, right? Walking past a gallery in Houston Square. Um, and it's a gallery for uh, Middle Eastern art artists, basically. And I remember walking past it and I was like, man, I wish I could one day have an exhibition of mine in this gallery, right? This was five years ago. Fast forward five years, I've had an exhibition in a gallery and this, this girl comes to the exhibition and goes, remember five years ago when you said you wanted to be in this gallery? I was like, oh, like literally mind blown because Amazing. I, I recall the idea in my mind that five years ago I sat and I was, and it, it was so, it was so unbelievable that idea. Oh, like maybe one day I'll be an artist, a real artist yeah. to, to have my work in the gallery. And, and although lots happened and I totally forgot that conversation I'd had and I, I forgot the, where my mind was at, at that time where I was like a gallery, like I'm, I'm not white. I'm not, I'm not grown up in some rich family or mm. have rich friends that can like give me the, the opportunity, but I managed to get myself into the gallery that I dreamed of getting into. Mm -hmm. And, and it's like, that's what happens is we get to a stage and then suddenly we're like, Oh, but there's another stage. And, and it's stopping. And for me, it was stopping and looking back and actively acknowledging things. So I know this, this can get very cheesy, I find it very cheesy, the whole idea of self-love and noting down things that you achieve, right? But I, I began something two years ago, and the first time I've done it, I didn't really take it seriously, but last year I took it very, very seriously, is beginning of the year, I noted down every single thing I wanted to achieve at that moment, which I made sure it wasn't anything too easy to achieve, but I made sure they were goals, which were big goals for me, right? I wrote them down. And I had about, I think there was nine, nine of them, right? This is, this is the interesting thing about our mentality. There were nine things that I was like, there, in my mind, I was like, really and truly, there is no way I will achieve these things by the end of this year, right? And it would be things that I'd see other people doing that I'm like, oh, yeah, they've achieved it. No word of a lie, I got to September and I walk into my room, look at that piece of paper, I've forgotten about it, picked it up, and I'd achieved every single one of those things that I'd written down. Mm. And it, it sounds like, oh, yeah, whatever, whatnot. But once you, you, you remember the mind state you were in before, you're like, like, it will blow your mind. It will literally blow your mind because mm. we very easily forget our achievements and we very easily don't acknowledge our self-worth and our self-achievement. So mm. having something like a, a totem to look back at and be like, this is where my mind was at at that time. Mm -hmm it will really put things into perspective, I, I hope, but for a lot of people. And I think that that's the one thing that for me really was like, damn, man, I, I should really let go of this, um, this idea of looking at other people's successes and thinking I'm not, I'm not doing well enough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I think, I think that's the best thing, best piece of advice I can give is like... Can I, can I ask you, so given that, given that you work in the, in the creative you work in a creative industry. You're you're part of that world now. You're doing it professionally, and you're doing it for for personal reasons as well. You know that yeah. fi that that time five years ago, yeah, where you had this dream of of um, of exhibiting. 
in this space. Did you share this with any family members or like your parents? Uh, well, I, I, I did it in the idea that at the age of 18, I told my mother that I didn't want to go to university because I wanted to learn photography. I wanted to become a photographer. Um, and I wanted it to be, uh, the, the big difference for me is when I said at the time, when I said I want to become a photographer, I said I wanted to become a fine art photographer. So essentially I would say, and I speak to my mom in Arabic, I said I want to become an artist, right? Now, a heart attack. like it, it wasn't even a heart attack. No, no, no. She just, she just, she, she just, just like, beat you. Ha-ha. She's just like, <laughs> all right, mate. Oh, she laughs. Oh. Really? Okay. She laughs. She's, she's laughed. Like, and, 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 and. Believe me, I done my entire first exhibition was about my mum. Yeah. Um, and it might actually be worth speaking about that for people that might not no, for know sure, about man. I wanna I wanna hear that. about this. Yeah, but essentially my mom just was like, You will learn that it's unachievable. You will learn that at some point you're gonna need to put food on the table. Uh, and it's not gonna happen. You're not gonna survive no mentality. Survive mentality and 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 I rate my mom for for, for not being the person to shout and whatever, whatnot, and be like, what the hell are you doing? But essentially, she just very calmly said one thing. She was like, look, all I want from you, I raised you for 18 years, all I want from return is a university degree. So go and do a university degree, and then you're going to find out the rest yourself. Right? So she, that was her benchmark. That's a really, like, that's, you know, it's, that is so clear of an intention to say, this is what I want from you. That is it's beautiful. In my opinion. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I really respect my mum for, for doing it the way she's done. And that was the issue because I said, I don't want to go to university. It's not, it's not for me. I don't want to achieve anything in, 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 on an academic sense in terms of university. So I like, look, I invested 18 years of my life getting mm-hmm. you to this point. Yeah. There's only one thing that I'm going to ask from you and literally do whatever the hell you want after that. I was like, you know what? That, that was enough to be like safe. Like I'm down. Um, there was one caveat to that, which was don't study photography. <laughs> you have to get a degree. It can't be the thing that you want to study. <laughs> do it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Do it. But do it on the side. Like. But, yeah, literally. So she was like, just don't do, do something that has a, uh, a very clear line to, to uh, yeah. a, a career afterwards. She was basically so saying, went, look, when I'm on the phone to, to all of our relatives in Iraq, don't fuck this up, okay? Literally, <laughs> that is... That is <laughs> so, nah, that, that's 50% of it is to be able to tell the world that you've done something, you know, worth talking about, basically. Yeah. And you have a, you have a sibling, right? You have a sibling. I have who, a brother, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's, and he's... Did he study medicine? Am I right in thinking that? He studied dentistry. Dentistry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a dentist yeah. then? No. <gasps> no. He, he gave what? it up. <laughs> he's older than you. He's older than me. He gave it up. Yeah. Did your mom? So, kill, um, did your mom? Is he dead now? <laughs> um, you know what? I'm, I mean, my mom's a dentist. My, oh, my okay, brother. So... Is, my my brother was the prodigy. Right. So, so yeah. But he ultimately um, he found another path. He uh, he got into trading, um, mm-hmm. and he basically got quite heavily into it and he was pretty successful at it and he said you know what I don't, I don't, I don't need to the way the, the time it is and the career path is in dentistry it just wasn't something he wanted to pursue so so he went off and you know done something else um, and I think my mom now is very much more uh, after seeing our successes open to the idea that 
we live in a different like these guys that they they're living a different world for me it was like you had to do this and that and that but for them it's going to be totally different um and i think most yeah and i think most parents do at some point if you're able to prove to them not just say it because a lot of people i think they do get bogged down and oh i want to do this i want to do this i want to do this but they're not actually achieved much with with that um it's actually about being able to see for yourself where you want to get because i kept on being like all right i want to be a photographer but what 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 do i do what how do i get to a career like what's my Mm -hmm. benchmark where do I think is my idea of successful? How much money do I need to bring in? Because, like I said, the whole level playing thing, for me, level playing field thing, is like what for me is success in terms of monetary and business acumen, whatever, might be totally different to someone else. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> if you grew up in a certain household, I might be a total failure to you mm-hmm. because of your benchmark. Mm-hmm. But it's not about his benchmark, it's about where I believe mm-hmm. is my success. You know what I mean? So it's a really, actually, really good point because I, I have a friend. I, I probably won't interview them, um, but I, I can talk about it. <laughs> I can talk about it in another sense. Um, they're, well, they told me once that they're one of their parents. Once upon yeah. a time, used to earn a million dollars a year. Okay, and there was one year where that parent earned. $12 million a year. Yeah. Okay. And I was young when I was, I was, I was, I was a lot more immature and I was younger and I was impressionable at the time. And I thought, Oh my God, that's amazing. That's like, that's the ultimate. What more is there to, to life? You've done it. Yeah. You're in a million dollars a year. And then you made X amount more, made 12 million in, 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 in a couple of years. You never need to do anything for the rest of your life. And he said something to me, which was still resonates with me so much. And I try, I'm trying to build that perspective into the back of my head to be like, it's never enough. But because um, this person now does something that I think is very noble for a, for a life. But they are miserable because they have a comparison to the benchmark that they need to hit. Right. Mm. Because then it's very unlikely that this person is going to earn a million dollars a year. 100%. And like in that situation, like how do you try and how do you try and reconcile the fact that your worth isn't based on how much you earn, especially being a male? Yeah, I find that's the, that's the hardest thing at the moment that I'm starting to try and uh, disconnect from. I'm trying to make mm. the financial gains to be more of a gain in my head. Yeah. And then yeah. the person that I am and the way I treat people and the value sets that I have, that needs to be the core of what I will become, what I hope to become, the people I'll attract yeah, yeah. Do you have I th- I th- do you have that same perspective? Like, what's your what's your view on that? I think it's it's. <clears throat> first of all, I think your the one thing I try not to do mm. is set my benchmark in a monetary sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I, <clears throat> I don't ha- hold value to my career based on mon- money on how, or how much money is coming in, and I think that is the first thing I try not to do. I think it's important and there's a, there's a threshold because that's how much money I need to, in a sense, survive or be somewhat comfortable or not be anxious and depressed about my situation. And I, and I try and set that at a certain number. But other than that, man, I think it's, it's about the pursuit, well, what you want to pursue in life. You know, it's like, 
um, if your pursuit is going to be about money, I don't think, I don't, because what money means is what material things you're going to be able to get with that money. And once you go down that road, I think it's a very, uh, it's a very dangerous place to be. It's a slippery slope. It is a slippery slope. You're never going to be happy with where you reach to. And Mm. it goes back to the whole Chris Gardner thing and the pursuit of happiness. Mm. And it was like understanding and it sounds, this sounds so corny. It sounds so It's corny, not corny. It's not corny. Not corny. I have to say, right, cool. I want to say one thing to you, Sam. And the, in my opinion, all the things that are like, you know, sound like they came out of a, you know, like a scrapbook where it's like scrapbook of inspirational quotes. Yeah. That's the, in my opinion, that's the secret of life. It's the real simply simple things. When people yeah, say to yeah, you, yeah. be nice to people, treat others like you mm. like to be treated. That to me... That's the essence of life. That's actually how you need to, to live 100%. your life. But yeah. go on. So continue. It's going to sound corny. And but... Yeah, but essentially, man, it, it's about <clears throat> the two things that I, I always keep in my head is like on my gravestone and my kids. What, are the, on my, what, what do I want to put on my gravestone in terms of a thing that I left in terms of a legacy or done in my life? And the second thing is what can I say that my kids that I've done that will make them feel proud of me, basically. I don't have kids, but... I, when I are you going to have kids, man? Hurry up. I, yeah, it needs to happen, right? I mean, uh, my mom started asking, so, so uh, soon. She wants grandkids. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, but essentially, it's, it's, it's the truth, man. It's like, that, those are the two things that I have in my head. It's like, once you can attach yourself to pursuit, I think that's when... And maybe... And, and man, you know what? Sometimes I... I I do, sometimes I do look at myself, I'm like, I'm the happiest guy in the world. Why? Because when I was 17, 18, I was like, I was being a bit of a bum. I was like, I wasn't really doing much. I wasn't really like, you know, uh, following anything very well. I wasn't doing really well my grades. I wasn't really doing well here or there. But what I did do is I sat down and I was just like, man, like, I want to, I want to like head down a route where I can, produce something that I'm so proud of as a human. I don't know how someone at the age of 18 gets into that mindset. Mm. I don't know how, because I know some of my friends that never got there and they're still maybe struggling with, oh, but I'm just in a job. I don't really know what I want to achieve. And maybe, maybe it was luck. Maybe it was just a spark. But I, once I'd gone to, I'd never, I, growing up, I'd never been to a gallery in my life. Uh, or, or a proper museum maybe I've been to the science museum but I essentially at the age of 18 I walked into a gallery of an artist's work and it kind of just mesmerised me and I was like look this is something I want to do and it's something I want to like in my life really pursue so the fact that I managed to hold on to that being that kid growing up that I went from hobby to hobby to hobby I managed to stick with one thing mm. um, and be like this is my life goal like i want to be able to do this for my lifetime and produce something that i'm proud of and it was kind of like the legacy of it because his work was his most famous work was from the 70s and this was like early 2000s it's like man this guy 30 years ago he produced this and now people are still talking about this stuff so attaching yourself to a, a purpose is i think the only and, and appreciating and understanding the success in that journey 
which is another thing. Another thing is what I think is going to do you well for your future, to be honest. Because like, I at the age of eighteen decided I want to do photography. Mm. Ten years later, I'm still mm-hmm. doing it. And the second thing is, I I try as like I said to you that point where I was like, I want to be in a gallery, and five years later, I'm in a gallery. Man, I, I think I was honestly, honestly, that was one of the happiest moments of my life. Mm. It's like someone who knew me five years ago her, had a conversation with was be like, "This is my dream." It was actually it was actually a dream. It was like, "This is my dream." Like when yeah. other people say like, "I was like," and I totally forgot that it was a dream because I learned how to get there. But once that dream was achieved, to mm-hmm. to remember the mindset I had when I was dreaming about it, and be like, yeah. I actually achieved that. Amazing. It, it, it's it's like yeah, it was honestly one of the happiest moments of my life, and I think. Um, to be able to set yourself into that position where you have a purpose, you have a dream, mm-hmm. and then work out how you're going to get there. And then when you get there, understand that the beauty of this whole thing that we're doing in this world is mm-hmm. that journey in between those two points. Is um, And even if you never achieve that dream, because honestly, that moment had nothing to do with that moment. Like, honestly, when I was in a, I was in a gallery in central London, exhibiting my fine artwork, and I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel like, oh, suddenly I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest of all time, whatever. I felt nothing about that moment. It was everything I felt was about my journey up to that moment. So, so yeah. So it's very, it's very inspiring. And I, what I will say is, you know, you've, you've mentioned a couple of, of key aspects. Uh, when I, when, when I hear you speak, I'm, I'm kind of seeing the common thread, which is a lot of people live their lives. And I think it, it, it's a connection between being an immigrant, which is we have such a survival instinct in the sense that we yeah. will do anything to survive, but the yeah. survival almost becomes the survival becomes the purpose. And we, we yes. perpetuate the cycle of just needing to accumulate for the sake of comfort and for the sake of the, our immediate you know, family and beyond sometimes. Um, and I think it's important. That, and that's, that's for me, that's when the next generation takes it a step further, which is what is, what is your purpose? Because Ultimately, it should be building blocks as, a suppose, as opposed to everyone hits the same block and then you stay there forever. You 100%. Know? This is, this is, so basically, I think this is the perfect time to talk about. My first exhibition was entirely based on it. So it, entirely based on this, right? So my first, um, in this, I, I basically had the opportunity, I was given a fund to do my first exhibition. And I had a couple of personal projects, projects that I was deciding between. And I went ahead with this one. And essentially, it's uh, a group of fine art images um, based on my mother, basically. And the idea of a Arab Muslim woman, those three things, um, and kind of the feeling she had growing up, uh, coming to this country and living in this country. So um, for those people that are not very into art, it's like, or fine art or photography or whatever, whatnot, is we attempt to depict uh, feelings, emotions, and situations in an abstract way to help you reflect and ponder upon the situation. And that was kind of my goal with these images. So if you go onto my website, husam.co.uk, so H-U-S-A-M.co.uk, um, you can find the images there, uh, the, the whole exhibition text and everything like that. And essentially it's a group of images based on my mum who struggled living in this country um, and she felt like, you know, she was in a different world and a 
automatically attached to the idea of I need to survive for my kids and I want them to to be able to thrive in a, in a place of opportunity. And I think my personal opinion is it's my duty, it's honestly my duty to find a purpose because of my mom's struggle mm-hmm. and her struggle for survival. I, th- I feel like I'll be doing my entire parents' generation a disservice if I don't use the privilege that I have now to better myself and then my kids in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's, you know, we could talk about our parents' struggle so much. And, and I never, and by the way, I think a lot of people do try and do underestimate. And the reason why I also pick this topic is because I feel like people do undervalue the struggle of someone because what we do is we're like, what if I lived in a different country? But it was not like that for them because it was also a different time where, you know, uh, prejudice and racism and, and the struggle of moving to somewhere new and trying to get the language and trying to, to um, early communities where communities didn't exist. Like right now you can move to a different country and it'll just be like London. But these are places where totally foreign in every way like down to the food you know what i mean imagine going mm. to a place where there's you can't get a kebab you can't get this or that you know what i mean mm. like so it, give me give me a little bit about that story so you know um as much as you would like to share so t- give me a little bit uh, about your your mum's path to living in london yeah she's also yeah, now so, a dentist as you mentioned well she was a dentist she was a dentist back in iraq got you um she was a dentist back in iraq and she had a, a, a good job you know, she was doing well for herself in Iraq. And um, it just so happened that my, my family were of a different political party to the regime that existed in Iraq. Um, and essentially what happened was that um, the dictatorship over there meant that my family's lives were at risk. And so my mom done the tough task of trying to basically relocate to, to the UK Um and that in itself is a, is a story. It's a very long story, but um, but essentially it was fear of her life, basically. Um, and and my mom came to this country. She was didn't know the language, didn't know anything. Um, and as soon as she got here, she managed to get married. Um, met my my dad at the time, and uh, you know, tr- and she had kids, and so she didn't wasn't able to get back to a job because she was trying to raise us. Um, life happened. My mom became a single mom and she raised, essentially raised myself and my brother by herself as a single mom. And there's a whole load of struggles that comes with that. Um, struggling to, to, to find work, struggling to raise kids, um, in a foreign country where you don't know the language very well. It's, it is, and for me to witness that growing up, you know, there's a lot of, they call it immigrant trauma which is witnessing the struggles that your parents face and that the, the, what that results in, in terms of your ideas about, you know, opportunity in life and and privilege and that kind of stuff. So it was definitely a struggle, but what my mom, what I never knew and understood at the time is even though my mom was experiencing these struggles, I never felt it. I I never Mm. once was like, my mom is, is struggling to get, this for me or struggling to put food on the table for me do you know what I mean and I think that weight that it held on, upon her um, and the fact that she she never let me feel it is um, you know it's, it's 
It's something was that was she intentionally was she intentionally shielding you from it? I think so. Like maybe, maybe at times it was subconscious, but mm-hmm. it's just the idea that my mom was like, "Look, it doesn't matter what it's going to take. My mom, my children are going to be good." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and even down to pushing me to study, to get into a good school, even down to you know not letting me not letting me stay out late chill with with people the local lads in the area who were definitely up to no good um <laughs> and and me thinking i was like my mom's my like my mom's honestly my enemy like why is she did like all these kids yeah. are out till late they're chilling whatever i never obviously never resonated but like her idea at that time was always just like look and I, I want the best for my kid and, I, and the only way he's going to achieve the best is if i if i really control what he does basically at this very delicate age so I'm well, very I mean, grateful to my mom. I mean, the amazing, the amazing thing is you, you went to, not, and this is not to say that, this is not to say that going to those schools makes you, makes you a somebody. I, I would say it's the opposite. I think she's put, she's enlisted this level of discipline in you, which meant that you could go, you went to one of the best schools in the country. 100%. Um, and now I'm sure that same discipline you are putting, and I can see it through the work that you produce. You're putting that all yeah. of that energy now into something that is built around purpose. Kudos 100%. to your mum, man. 100%. Like, like I, said, I said this at the, when at the opening of my exhibition. Like, honestly, my, my successes is a direct result of my mother's struggle. And so, like, my successes are her successes. And if you think that I'm a successful person, that's down to the, the behavior of my mum. And that just shows you, it just shows you the, Im- the actual impact that you can have on the people around you and the people that you may raise in the future like your kid so yeah man i think it's as an immigrant as someone who might be listening who has come to this country and their parents struggled whatever whatnot it's like Mm. it's your duty your duty i feel like it's definitely your duty to find your purpose and live your life based on purpose because your parents struggle for you to do that even though they might tell you tell you to get a uh, a safe and secure job what they really want you to do is feel content in the, your pursuit of happiness trust me and sometimes it's just they 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 can't see the full picture and so they say to you get a safe and secure job but ultimately mm-hmm. ultimately if you ask them at the end of your career what would you have preferred would you have preferred a safe and secure job or fulfilling purposeful career they'll tell you 100% we want you to have a, a purposeful career a purposeful life in general yeah and do you think do you think that i think there's a lot of there's a there's a generation in between us you know maybe maybe kind of like our our brothers slightly older than our brothers how old is your older brother uh 29 29 okay so my older brother's 32 so i think maybe there's a little bit of a generation in between that where there was there were a little bit lost in the same survival mentality because I guess we're also lucky to have grown up in an age where the internet allows us to kind of explore things that we would have never have thought of almost completely in private. Right. hundred percent. I like, and it's not, it's not weird, freaky stuff, but I Google some mad, mad shit. Like <laughs> I, the stuff that I know about random things in the world, it's just, it's just a direct, like, it's like a, it's like a discovering nature. And I think maybe but I, there's I, a I generation. Would... I would group, sorry, just, no, you can carry on talking, but just to, I would group uh, our generation to, in my mind, where the difference is, whether you were born 
with the internet or not. Mm. I think I think we have we have the immigrant generation, then we have the generation that were born without the internet. And I mean like even up to social media, let's say born without social media, and then the, the generation that's born with social media. Like those two generational gaps are worlds apart. Worlds yeah. apart because what us who were born without the internet, um, and maybe remember what it was like without the internet, without social media, I think we we are still have we still have some some of that survival mentality to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Whereas whereas I think definitely it's about the kids that are born with social media that feel the world is a different place. Huh? Yeah. Do you think that the next generation will have the same grit and determination that you have? I think I think there will, people will always have grit and de- determination. I don't I don't think the the I don't think the variable is the internet. I think the variable is the, op- the types of opportunities that are available to us. Mm-hmm. So for me, who grew up without the internet and now has the internet, I still have. I am. I'm part of a growing market in my career where videography is a very in-demand thing. Right. This is just an example, but in ten years' time, 3D might be a thing, and so. The, the internet is still there, but it's the variable is the opportunity. You know, there'll, there'll be, there'll always be new opportunities. And the first person, because what I did is I was predominantly a photographer and I saw that the market commercially anyway was, was moving to a video video centric place where video would be uh, a different kind of demand to photography. And so because of the skills I'd acquired, I, I felt that video would be a good opportunity for me to explore. And mm-hmm. that was a great determination. It was like, let me explore that. Let me try and get very good at that. So I've pursued that. But the opportunity in 10 years' time might be, let's say, 3D video or let's say, you know, some other thing that a kid who doesn't have the schooling for it might watch a few YouTube videos and be like, I can do this. And with enough yeah. grit and determination, they can become very successful. That's an important point that you came up with. So you obviously didn't, you didn't study photography, you didn't study videography, cinematography, all of that stuff. Have you learned your career basically through YouTube? Entire YouTube? Entirely. Wow. Because I was think, I always used to think I was like, did he do a course? Did he do and I thought, no, he's just Googling stuff. Credit credit where credit's due. I did yeah. do a couple like one day masterclasses and like I went to Barnet College for a Photoshop and lighting course. Right. And I'd done an online course in lighting. Right, mm-hmm. so I did pick up where where I felt was needed. Um, I paid to learn a few things. So I guess that's schooling. What I'm saying sense. is, you know, you didn't take like a traditional thing. It wasn't like you went to film nah. school and then boom, you learned the skills and then you went and you came out the nah. other side as a film as a filmmaker. No, it was like piecing nah. together the little tools tools that you needed for your toolbox. And then yeah. at that level, you were like, okay. The, the one thing, the one thing that my my missus still to this day fails to understand about not fails to understand, but doesn't really appreciate right is for a lot of people work is work and a hobby is a hobby right and the one thing that i managed to do like my greatest secret if you want it if there is even a secret is that for me my work was my hobby right so there was no such thing as oh at 6 p.m let me stop watching these youtube videos about photography it was, just a, it was just a consistent, let me wake up, let me make YouTube videos, go out and take, take photos, 
and do it for free if you have to. Like, I never, for the first two, three years, I never was like, are you going to pay me? Like, it, was, it wasn't a question. It was like, are you going to give me this opportunity? Can I do this? Can I, can I be in this space to shoot this? I'm there, you know? Sick. And because it, because it was a hobby, and I, in my mind, I was like, and my mom would be like to me, so what, is this going to be a career? I'd be like, no, 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 right now it's just a hobby. Look, I'm, I'm making money elsewhere. I'm, I'm, this is my hobby, all right? I didn't see it as a job. And in, in, by doing that, you don't, you don't, you don't allocate a time. You don't be like, okay, um, this is enough working that I've done by learning this or that. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's, you're always on. And when, yeah. when my brother would be playing PS4 or watching Netflix or whatever, I was um, on YouTube watching yeah. and practicing. That's what I mean so, when I said this, when I said that you, you live, you live with your heart is you really love this. This isn't like, you know, this is a, this is like a, I've, I'm reading a lot of books about um, like fictional accounts of autism at the moment. Uh, and I, and yeah. I'm so obsessed with this sort of personality trait because I don't really see it as a disability. Uh, you know, in many cases, I think, you know, there's an emphasis on these people needing to go to school. Why is that? Why is that relevant to this is, I wish I have, I wish I had more of that discipline to decide, yeah. no, this is the thing I love. And this is how I'm going to, this is what I'm going to do to put it forward. Um, so it's very, it's, uh, it's very um, inspiring to see well, that. You... Can I, can I, can I say one, one, one big caveat in, in everything that I'm saying is there is a flip side to all of this, right? Which is, it's very easy to become a person that is like, if this isn't going to benefit me or become my career, then I don't want to do it. Right. Um, I've, I feel like we don't suffer from it as much. Maybe the younger generation suffers, suffers from it more, but the pandemic that's just happened, I think brought that to light for me very well, which was like, and when I say that, I mean memes, of course, uh, there was a really good <laughs> meme. about. <laughs> there was a good meme where it was like, not everything is a, um, is a money-making opportunity. I feel like it's very easy to be like, oh, I'm going to pick up this hobby because I can make money off it. Oh, I'm going to start vlogging because I might become a YouTuber. Oh, I might, I'm going to pick up a camera because I'm going to become a photographer. And, and yes, in the back, and I think it was different for me because in the back of my mind, yeah, I was like, I could become a photographer, but I, I still had that notion that if that doesn't work out, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm still happy because... It's something I'm passionate about, mm. right? So it can it can easily become that thing where it's like I'm somewhat pursuing this because I'm expecting something at the end of it, and I think that poisons it a little bit. Mm. Um, and that's why even for me right now, my my life, I'm contemplating whether I should uh, pursue another work work um, um, something to earn money with mm -hmm. and keep photography as a uh, as a personal passion, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's the caveat. Is I think I think it can, we can easily. I, I think Gary V is is the the one person that is the worst perpetrator in this whole thing. Is is oh, if you're not if you're not doing something that's going to make you money, then you're a bum. And I think I, I have a real issue with. Um, I think this is why. I used to be so miserable. I used I have a big issue with people who have to, who tell you that you need to have four hour work week. You need to have a CEO morning. You need to be <sighs> hustling and not sleeping. I have a huge issue with people telling you that you need to be working twenty four seven to be yeah, yeah, be yeah. a somebody. 
And there are a hundred different, a million different, a billion different ways that your life could go. And it's got, sometimes it's got nothing to do with the fact of your work ethic. Okay. Because 100%. I can, I can, I can tell you because I've seen it with my own eyes. I have seen blood, sweat and tears from my father who worked his ass off his entire life. He never achieved financial success. Okay. However, I have seen people who meet a friend of a friend who introduces them to someone and they click and that person is hugely successful and is on TV and is in movies. And you just think this, this whole, this whole thing around building your future. I'm a, I'm a big believer in trying to have a vague plan, but the, the emphasis on like hustling for the sake of hustling is just, it's, it's like killing people. It's like, it's men. Like, so I said, I said to my friend, uh, he was like, what are you doing during this, um, during this quarantine time? And I was like, oh, I'm reading, I'm chilling. I'm doing a bit of this. I'm, I'm learning. I shout out to my, uh, to my yoga teacher. I'm learning how to do headstands and I've learned how to do wow. headstand. I'll show you afterwards. Crazy. <laughs> I'll show you afterwards. That, um, that so is just, like random, just like random stuff. Just like learning how to do yeah, random yeah, stuff. Yeah. And uh, he and I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at how I can make money here and do this, and then send some money on this side, and then invest on this side." I was like, "Okay, cool." And I was like, "Maybe let's play a game. Okay, it's called the Gary V game. Let's watch. <laughs> <laughs> let's watch. Let's watch Gary V on loop as much as we can, and let's see who who uh, gains a mental illness first. Yeah, I feel like me. I feel like it's it's just uh, it's just a it's the wild west, and people are just saying whatever they want to say." And no, he's it's, making it's people to, feel it, like it's not enough. It's crazy, and what what it's got to is I I honestly and I and I've encountered one one of these people already mm. is someone that has achieved nothing, and I, that sounds really bad. Let me not mm. say achieved nothing. He's mm. not really achieved what he's tr- he's saying he's achieved, and what he's trying to do is he's trying to get other people. He's trying to be a Gary Vee, right? So essentially, people are now fast-forwarding the whole, let me become successful and then try and encourage other people to be successful. They're like, oh, but the, the um, trying to encourage people to become successful is a career in itself. Do you know what I mean? And then it just becomes this vicious cycle of everyone else telling everyone else. To me, to me there's no than. difference between that way of thinking and being a religious person. Right, a religious yeah. person. So there's, there's, there are certain religious people that you will meet who will sit you down and recite to you different types of chapters and different types of sayings and teachings, and then you'll be like, "Yeah, but don't you like, don't you like smoke drugs and and like cheat <laughs> on your wife and you know, like, what are you talking yeah. about?" But you're right. The career becomes trying to basically trying to find people to either make feel worse about themselves or that agree with you, so that you 100%. can then feel better about the life choices that you've made instead of just realizing. It's your life. Let yeah. it be. <laughs> like, you, you do you. Yeah, you do you. That's the, that's the ultimate thing about, about that whole Gary Vee thing. Like, I'm sure he's done some good things. And to be honest, he's, a, he's probably a, a good example of an immigrant journey. He's just on a, another spectrum that perhaps I'm not as, as yeah. uh, in tune with. Um, so credit to him. But I just, I just I, maybe because I did it, maybe I was that person who believed that stuff for a while. Um, but but uh, you should. I, I think it's just. I think it's just about um, taking it with a pinch of salt and and trying to maintain a balance. I feel like right yeah. now um, the the two things in terms of my podcast listening, the two things in the last year that I picked up is 
uh, unlearning thing, first of all, is I feel that we pick up a lot of bad habits um, and that makes us, uh, you know, have habits that are very detrimental to our well-being. And so unlearning things is the first thing that I've tried to do. And the other thing is maintaining a balance in terms of um, trying to, to graft and pursue things versus trying to feel comfortable with myself and relax, you know what I mean? Mm. And, and just do things for you. Like don't attach anything to it mm. and not, not feeling about, bad about doing that. Mm. I remember when this whole COVID-19 situation happened, there was like a, I was in the, it was like two weeks in when, when social distancing was like properly enforced. I was having this moment of feeling like really panicked about, my job and you know what was happening and I for that moment I couldn't really see that everyone else was in on this as well and my brother said something to me my older brother said something to me that actually was really helpful in that moment and I think it was helpful for for me to hear it from him because he's obviously my older brother so inadvertently regardless of how I live my life I'm always going to look up to him and and he just said to me and we use we use the word spicy a lot and he said yeah but there's more to life than being spicy at your job and I was like (laughs) I was like, what? <laughs> oh, I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's more to life than trying to like smash it out of the park at work. Yeah. And I've just taken it as a, I've just taken it as a, a, a bit of like a, almost like a, a mental holiday from, 100%. you know, I don't have to, I don't have to get back to everyone on email. I don't have to attend every call. You don't have to be productive in isolation. It's all blessed. It's all it's blessed. All blessed. You, just... you know how, you know, how so many things are out of your control that you don't realize yeah. have a, have a huge impact on your life. Like today we, we signed a new client um, and it's a, it's a notable fast food chain and we signed it and it like, it basically diminished all the losses that we had made during COVID-19. I couldn't man. have predicted that. I couldn't yeah, have predicted yeah, yeah. that. And it's just like, that's out of your control. Yeah. 100%, you, just, you just realize you just, you just got to roll with it. You've got to, I think it's, I think it's the difference between like being the hyper planner, Gary V versus someone who's like, I've got purpose in my life, which is yeah. gaining knowledge or creating art or making people feel better, whatever that might 100%. be. Man, in the words of J. Cole, there's beauty in the struggle. You know? So good. So, can I say, actually, I think you got me into J. Cole. Uh, you I, know what? I think you got me into the, J. Cole. The two things that I will say is I've been on Jordan since before it was a hype. And no, I knew J. Cole. From before he was famous. Okay, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell you which J Cole album I think. So he did, he obviously had Workout, which was a massive, massive hit. But there was one yeah. track that you sent me once, and I think I lost. I think that's when I that's when I realized Sam's the real deal. <laughs> um, I think it no, was Dollar Dollar in a Dream. Dollar in a Dream could be yeah, could be. It would be, it'd be Dollar in a Dream or Love Yours. It was love yours. Love yours. It was love yours. It was love yours. And I just remember thinking, holy shit. Yeah, and you know, you know, there's moments when I'm feeling like sorry for myself or not realizing that I just feel down because you're just a sport brat. Just listen to J. Cole <laughs> and it's got so much perspective in there. It's good. Honestly, man. Honestly, honestly. Like, I think there's, 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 there is a, a small minority of people in the world that they, and, and I think it's just, it's, a, it's at times because everyone has moments. Believe me, like I have my moments when I'm the shittiest person. I'm the worst 
most unproductive person, and, uh, you know, all of this stuff. And, and it's just about at times mm. we can be the best version of ourselves and we can really have an impact on the people around us. Mm-hmm. So I, you mind if I just plug my, my project next like week? Like it, baby. I mean, yeah. there's like eight people who listen to this, but go for it. <laughs> yeah. And you never know, bro, in, in the future. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's, um, it's a very interesting thing because I'm trying to do a project where um, I've Sorry, got... This is the men. one that you're working on this week, right? This week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's a project about men uh, crying and sharing emotion. Um, and it's been a very interesting project because I basically asked, it's a series of portraits of men crying. And artistically, we don't often see men crying. And so I felt it would, it would be a nice project to show. Um, mm. And especially, and I, and I had the vision to basically do a physical exhibition in the future somewhere but I've decided based on the circumstances at the moment I think it's a, an important thing to be sharing at the time um, that we're in isolation Yeah, uh, because, because men in general tend to face um, very severe uh, struggle very severely with isolation loneliness sharing their emotions and asking for support um, and so what happens is is men specifically is we we're very violent beings men in general and so we tend to turn that on ourselves and that tends to be the reason why like in the uk i don't know if you know the statistic the biggest killer of men is suicide yeah um and putting suicide to one side just in terms of struggling with depression and anxiety um you know going back to the whole immigrant thing we have the family provider mentality as men and the social pressure that we face combined with that pressure uh, causes us to kind of, you know, put ourselves under very immense strain to be like, we need to be financially in a good position. We need to be um, in, uh, in terms of where we're at in life, in terms of career and that kind of thing in the best position. And I think it's just important to say, man, look, you're, you're probably at your best for like 1% of your lifetime right mm. and people who live some very fulfilling lives without you know being being Kim Kardashian in Kanye West you know um, I always try I, one thing I do and I don't know if you remember even from, from our class is every single one of my teachers in my lifetime has always said this is I ask way too many questions right mm. and that's one thing I've always done is I always question my belief system and question everything around me. so it's like if you feel like you're in a position where you're you're struggling to, or you're not feel you're feeling unhappy or miserable, whatever. It's question what the things that are making you unhappy are making you unhappy, and whether if the situation is different, whether you actually be feeling a lot better. You know, like mm-hmm. it's um, when the, yeah, when's it's, the series out? When when can we look? At, when can we look at all the stuff? I'm I'm just finalizing the website basically. Yeah. So it'll be a virtual exhibition, um, yeah. and I'm hoping to support a charity called Palm. Uh, yeah. So it's a campaign against living miserably, miserably, miserably. Sorry, I was talking to this, but um, <laughs> trying to support that charity. And if, yeah. if anyone's willing to donate after viewing the exhibition to that charity, they they have a um, they do love campaigning with uh, against male suicide, basically. So uh, it will be out hopefully this week, if not next week. Um, yeah. And yeah, man, I think it'd be interesting to just hear people's opinions and try and encourage 
people during this time specifically to reach out the, to the males around them that they they might feel are not at their best um, and maybe struggling with things and those people that you may feel don't really open up about their feelings because um, and even even people that seem totally happy because sometimes the people that come across as totally happy have a lot of underlying um, you know uh, stresses anxieties mm-hmm. and and that kind of thing amazing mate I'm really looking forward to to looking at it and I'm going to be very jealous because you asked me to be part of this and and I was like I don't live in London anymore and you were like ah fair enough I was like, oh for god's sake so I'm it's very so jealous good, I'm very jealous so I'm good. looking forward to it I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna be amazing I have actually yes. we only have a couple minutes left yeah I have two questions for you go for it first question and you can answer them in whichever way you want first question is as a result of your experiences what is your superpower? The second question is, did you get married without telling me? Because I just noticed there's a ring on your finger. I got engaged. <laughs> I got Congratulations. Engaged. I was thinking, I was like, hang on a second. Hang on. Do you want to talk about it? Should we talk about this afterwards? Or should we talk about this yeah, now? Well, I don't mind though. I'm, I'm when did this happen? Uh, I got engaged in... Oh, she's going to kill me. I got engaged in November. November. Yeah, you got married last year, last year. (laughs) Yeah, November last year. Um, Oh my God, amazing. Yeah, it's a weird thing for us because it's like engaged, married, that kind of thing. It's it's just, it's very, it's different. It's basically engaged. I I say engaged um, uh, to my missus who lives in Norway. Mm -hmm. She lives in Norway. She lives halfway across the world and I have not seen her in three months. Yeah. and it's a bit of a struggle, but uh, but it is what it is, man. I'm uh, amazing. Yeah, I think I think I think um, uh, it's very tough to find someone that understands you, and it's always no matter how long you've known someone, it's always a a, a communicational learning process, mm-hmm. um, trying trying to you know maintain a relationship and that kind of thing. So so yeah, man. Uh, that was that. What was your what was your first thing? Your first question? As a result was, of your experiences, what do you think your superpower is? Oh, my superpower. My superpower is... Oh, you've stumped me with that one. Where's my superpower? Your ability you know to what? get engaged. Yeah, oh, yeah that's, that's, that's what I'm <laughs> worth, man. <laughs> I, th- I think it's my ability to call bullshit. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's definitely, definitely something which... Uh, I think I've I've learned to see through, which is like when situations may arise that you feel you can get swept away by and then learn that really and truly we it's just all a facade, you know? Um when it comes and it, and I think that's relatable to everyone, is always try and be a bit skeptical about everything. Uh, you know, we, we see on Instagram, we see all these people who are quote unquote successful and are living their best life, whatever, whatnot. Question it, man. It's, it, it's never as good as it looks, to be honest with you. Um, and so I try and do that in every situation in terms of my career, what my perceived achievements are, you know, um, when you, I always somewhat find that I've built something up in my mind more than I should have. Um, and in not making things bigger than they are in your head, they seem so much more normal. Mm-hmm. And, and that tends to be a good thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
going back to J. Cole, he does say it in one of his songs where he's like, oh, meeting Jay, uh, Jay-Z was like such a, such a thing. Like it would be such amazing. And who would have known that a few weeks later he got signed to Jay-Z's label and he was like, why did I think that it was such a big deal? You know, like I, I should have just believed myself. And in, in, in realizing it's not such a big thing, you believe in yourself so much more, you achieve so much more. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, I think the superpower is calling bullshit. I think. I think that's a. I think it's a wicked lesson to teach someone, especially to realize that these things that people either build up to tell you that they're amazing, or that you t- build up in your head to say this thing is amazing and it's it's never something I can achieve. Call bullshit on it. Exactly. So actually, it might be completely attainable. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Especially like if you if you go to the shops and you see a really good looking um, packet of profiteroles. Question that shit, man, because I've been buying these buffet rolls and they're just so subpar, you know? So it's like, <laughs> so you can use it in every, every, every scenario, to be honest with you, man. Because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of subpar profit rolls out there. That's the best way to end it. So I'm going to, I'm going <laughs> to stop recording there. But thank you for, mate, thank you for that. That was a very, so very uh, insightful uh, look into your life. I wish you the best. And it's hosam.co.uk, right? Sam.co.uk. I'll throw that in the description as well. My guy. Now you know what I think. I think you should really do a uh, an inter- Someone needs to interview you. Mm. I've got a lot of skeletons in the closet, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest it, issue. Think, That's the biggest. I think. Issue. I think you could honestly share a lot. I think. I think it would be very beneficial for someone to, to switch turn the tables on you. And I'm happy, awesome. by the way. If you, yeah. If you'd like it to be me, I'll happily do it. Okay. When we get to a hundred episodes. Okay. 100 episodes you can interview me and Same. anything goes i'll be as honest Same. as you need me to be because okay? i will i will honestly do my research and i'll make sure we get some gold out of you so you're gonna find some skeletons anyway Alrighty, <laughs> um i'm gonna stop cool. recording um but thank you very much Hussam. all right